0: We just come before you right now and we do open our hearts wide to you God right now we lay aside distractions we lay aside the busyness and the cares of life the things on our to-do list later today and father we fix our attention on you and God we just ask that you'd give us ears to hear open hearts to receive speak to us by your spirit, God, that we can be drawn closer to you, molded and shaped more into your image, more into the women that you designed us, created us to be, God, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. All right. Well, if you're new to Chick Connection, joining us for the first time today, we have been in this series that we call the She Design. It's our way of saying God's divine design for womankind. And yes, he has given each of us uniqueness and individuality, but he also has a divine design for us as his daughters, which is laid out clearly in Proverbs chapter 31. And if you're Joining us, you might think, Well, I've heard about Proverbs 31 forever. I could recite it, I know it like the back of my hand. We have really been seeing Proverbs 31 in a new light in this series. And so, if you haven't been with us throughout the whole series, I just really encourage you to jump online and you can catch up on the messages because we're going verse by verse through this chapter, and God's really speaking to us and doing some awesome things in our hearts. And, you know, this passage of scripture talks about the virtuous woman, and as we've said, our English word, virtuous, does not begin to do justice to what that really meant in the original writings. So often we can think of virtuous and think of that sweet, quiet, mild little lady in the corner with the bun in her hair and her hands folded, quietly praying, but... It is a good thing to pray, yes, absolutely, but that's really not what this verse is referring to, that meek, quiet little lady. This is talking about an amazing, powerful woman. So let's review our definition of what it literally means to be virtuous. It means to be a force on the earth of people, wealth, and resources, a source of strength or ability within oneself, inner resources, something ready for use and available as needed. It means to be resourceful. It means an army. It means virtue, which is general moral excellence, goodness of character. It means to be effective and powerful, especially with healing power as of a medicine. It means to do what has to be done as if one really wanted to. It means valor, great courage and bravery, strength, able and active, to be a band of soldiers, a great company, a host, might, power, substance, valiant, warlike, and worthy. That is who God created every single one of us to be. And, you know, as we started out this series in verse 10, it says, Who can find her? Remember, that does not mean that she doesn't exist. There might be one of her in some remote corner of the world. No, that means she's in every one of us. She's sitting in every chair in this room today. So, ladies, where is she? Here. Absolutely. You're getting it. <laughs> Yes, she is within you. This is who God designed you to be. And so we've been going through the verses in this chapter each week. And today we are going to start with verse 19. And actually today we're going to look at two verses, again, 19 and 20. So verse 19, it says, She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hand holds the spindle. Now, how many of you have read that verse before and thought, what? Does that mean I'm supposed to be like spinning wool? Does this mean I have to start sewing? Does this mean I have to make my own clothes? Oh no. Anybody ever thought that? And maybe you've just jumped down to another verse or just flipped the page completely. Well, I have good news for you today. You don't have to start sewing. We're gonna see what this literally means. And it goes hand in hand with verse 20. And verse 20 says, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. And so as we've been doing in this study, we like to kind of dissect each verse and look at the key words and phrases within each verse and look at the original meanings. So let's start by just dissecting verse 19 a little bit. It says that she stretches out her hand and This word hand, in this occurrence, it's talking about an open hand. So she stretches out, she reaches out an open hand, and then it says distaff. Well, that's certainly not a word that we commonly use, but it's talking about the attachment on a spinning wheel. However, in early periods of history, this word was also used to denote the work or responsibilities set out for a woman. A woman's responsibilities in life. And then it talks about her hand again, but this time it's a different word for hand. It's not referring to an open hand, it's actually talking about a closed hand. Not a hand that's closed or clenched as a fist, but a hand that's bent because it's full, to hold things because it's full and overflowing, okay? It's talking about a full hand. And then it says that her hand holds the spindle. And again, the spindle is an attachment on the spinning wheel. Some translations, read distaff first and then spindle. Other translations say spindle first and then distaff because the words are really interchangeable in this context. They're referring to the responsibilities of a woman, but they're also referring to a cycle that is set into motion. So if you imagine that spinning wheel, there's a cycle that is in motion, and that's what it's referring to. Okay, so after a little dissecting there, if we take those original meetings, we could paraphrase verse 19 to say, she extends her open hand to take care of the responsibilities set before her, thereby causing her hands to be full from the prophets and setting a cycle into motion in her life. And verse 20, we see that cycle continue. Verse 20 says, she extends her hand to the poor, yes, she reaches out her hand to the needy. And to dissect that a bit, when it says she extends, this time, it's not talking about just reaching out. It's actually talking about scattering. And again, verse 20 uses the word hand twice, and two different meanings for each occurrence. The first occurrence, it's talking about that closed hand, that full hand. So she scatters what's in that full hand. It says to the poor, which is those depressed in mind or circumstances, the needy, the weak, the afflicted. And then it says, and then she reaches out an open hand. Second time talking about that open hand again, to those who are in need. So we could look at that verse and say, she then scatters the profits of her efforts to those who are weak, afflicted, and depressed, those who are going through a hard time, and she reaches out with willing hands to do whatever she can to help those in need. So let's look at those two verses together in light of each other. When we do the things that God has designed us to do, our responsibilities in life, the things that he has designed us and created us to do, when we set our hands to those things, it produces fruit. It produces a profit in our lives, which we should then be ready to scatter to give out to others around us who are in need, and to not just pour those things out, but to really be willing to extend our hands to help in any way we can. And to be women who recognize that this kind of lifestyle creates a cycle in our lives. We do what we're created to do, extending our hand to do those responsibilities that we're designed to do, producing fruit, causing our hands to be full, scattering those things out, doing the things that God's created us to do, gaining more within us to give out. It just becomes an ongoing and continuous cycle in our lives. That's the lifestyle that God's created us to live. So ladies, don't worry, there's no sewing involved. You don't have to start making your own clothes. We just have to start recognizing the power within our hands. There is power in your hands, ladies. And as we've been going through this study, we've been seeing that Proverbs 31 is also written as a biblical acrostic, right? And so we've seen that it's written to where each verse originally began with the first letter, no, I got to say that better. <laughs> the first letter of each verse originally began with the, the next consecutive letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It was written that way as a biblical acrostic, each verse beginning with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet to aid in memorization. But then we've also seen that the letters in the Hebrew alphabet also were originally derived from a word picture. And so with each letter... The word picture that that letter was derived from has a direct correlation to the meaning of the verse. So let's take a look at the letters that correspond with these two verses. Verse 19, it's the 10th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Guess what it's a picture of? It's a picture of that closed hand, that full hand. How interesting is that? That's exactly what we're talking about in this verse. The hand being bent and closed because of our efforts, because of doing the things that we're designed to do, we will have full hands bent, closed to hold the fruit of our life so that we can then scatter that out. And then verse 20 is the 11th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Guess what that's a picture of? An open hand. So this woman knows... She doesn't just keep that hand closed, holding on to the fruits of her life, but she opens her hand to scatter the fruit of her life into the lives of others around her, others in need around her. So now we have a little bit more insight into these verses. We see a cycle happening here, right? extending our hand to do the work, the responsibilities set before us, the things that God's designed us to do, thereby producing fruit, benefit in our lives, not just for ourselves, but to overflow our lives that then can be scattered out onto others. And in the process of doing that, what happens? We're doing those things that we're designed to do, and it strengthens us and adds more into our lives, and we have more to give out. That continual process, that is what our lives should look like. Our lifestyles should represent that cycle. So it's great to say, oh, okay, I understand now what these verses are saying. I can go from here and have that, that insight. But we don't want to just go from here having knowledge. We want to become this woman who puts these things to work in our lives. We don't want to just know about being this virtuous woman, this amazing woman. We want to be her. So how do we do it? How does this unfold? What does this look like in our everyday lives? I want us to see a couple of things. This cycle has two parts that keep repeating and really end up happening simultaneously. First of all, we said that our hand extends to do the work that we're designed to do, to do those responsibilities set out before us. And some of you might be sitting there thinking, oh, geesh, you should see the list of my responsibilities. I got so much going on, I can't even see straight. You know what? Those aren't the responsibilities we're talking about right now. We're going to get to those things in a few minutes. But right now, we're talking about the things that God has wired us and designed every one of us as his daughters to do on a daily basis. And so what are those things? What are those things that all of us should be doing We've been talking about them throughout this series because it's what is being laid out for us verse after verse in this series, showing us how to be this amazing woman. And so today, as we're finding ourselves here about verse 20, do you realize we're about halfway through this chapter? So as we go back and look at what are the things we're supposed to be doing, putting our hand to, it's a good time for us to think about those things we've talked about, to like pause and review and give ourselves a little quiz and say, okay, how am I doing with these things? How am I doing in these areas? So let's talk about those things that we've discussed throughout this study and ask ourselves, okay, these are the things I'm designed to do. How am I doing? We talked about the fact that we're designed to be women who our husband's heart can safely trust in. Where we're faithful. We're a true confidant. We show great respect. We encourage him. We pray for him. So, girls, how you doing with that? How's that going? When he shares th- things with you, do you laugh? Do you put him down? Are you encouraging him? Are you building him up? Are you showing him great respect? How are you doing with that one? Another thing we talked about, our families, our friends, those around us, Should be able to trust us and rely on us, knowing that we're true to our word. So, maybe the last time someone confided in you, did you hold it in your heart? Did you pray for them? Or did you run off and tell somebody about it? These are the things God's designed us to do, to be that faithful friend. We're designed to add to others' lives rather than detract. Remember we talked about that earlier in this series. So how you doing with that one? Are you the one, and I know there's absolutely no one in this room that would ever do this. We're not the ones who are whining and complaining and being a drain on our friends or family members, those around us, are we? No, I know nobody, of course, would ever be that way. But sometimes it's good just to do a little checkup. And see, how am I doing with that? Am I the one who is pouring into others' lives, encouraging others, pouring strength into others' lives, adding to rather than detracting? We said that we're to comfort, to encourage, and do only good to others. That's what it tells us here in Proverbs 31, to do only good. Wow, only good. That's a biggie. I bet if I had you all stick your tongues out, I'd see a lot of scars because we've become women that know how to bite our tongues really well, right? (laughs) Do only good. That means we might have to bite our tongues. That means a lot of dying to flesh. But these are the things God's designed us to do. These are the responsibilities set before us as his daughters. We're designed to see the potential in others around us and in ourselves and help draw out that potential. Remember we talked about that one earlier in this series. Are you looking for the potential in others? Are you encouraging in that? Are you helping to draw that out? Are you seeing the potential in yourself? Are you seeing yourself as this Proverbs 31 woman, this amazing, powerful, virtuous woman that you've been designed to be, and are you drawing that out within yourself? We're designed to be women who will not settle for what's convenient or easy, But we're willing to pursue God's very best for our lives and go after it no matter what the cost. Remember we talked about being like that merchant ship that it talks about here in Proverbs 31. The merchants send their ships out across the seas to find the very best silks and linens and and just different kinds of fabrics and spices and fragrances, all those things to get the very best because they didn't want to settle for what was right there convenient at home. We're to be like that, where we pursue God's very best for our lives, not willing to settle for what's convenient, what's easy, not becoming mediocre or complacent. We're designed to refuse to be lazy, to refuse to be idle. We need to refuse to be isolated. So often women want to just isolate themselves and we put up our walls towards other women. God designed us to be that army, that force on the earth where we're connected with each other. How are you doing with that? I know you're all doing great because you're here this morning. We're designed to stay strong spiritually so that we can rise up with strength at all times, even in the face of adversity remembering that that strength isn't just for ourselves, right, girls? But it's for others around us. Others are affected possibly by that adversity. They need that strength pouring out of us. Others are watching how we're going to respond. Others need that example of how we respond to adversity so they can learn how to respond to adversity. God wired us, designed us to be that woman that will rise up with strength in the face of adversity. How are you doing with that? Anybody have any adversity, any challenge pop up this week? Anything unexpected? Did that come back to your mind? Did you say, I'm going to rise up with strength in the face of adversity? I am sure and confident that you did. We are designed to be women who don't buy into the enemy's lies, who take those lies captive at the onset, and we are warlike in annihilating the enemy and all of his thoughts. How are you doing with that? Recognize where those thoughts are coming from and annihilate the enemy. We're designed to be women who are continually growing in strength, by choosing our reactions, as Tina talked about earlier, out of his strength rather than out of our weaknesses? Because our weakness always wants to react, fly off the handle, say things we shouldn't say. But that's just choosing weakness. Or are we choosing God's strength in each situation that comes our way? We are designed to be women who refuse to let God's light within us be extinguished or even become dull. You see, these are the responsibilities that are set out before us as women of God. This is who he's designed us to be, wired us to be. This is what he's wanting from us. And he's saying here, okay, now as you extend your hand to do these things, to do the work set before you, to do these responsibilities set before you. Just watch what'll happen. Your life will end up being full. You'll end up having your hands overflowing with fruit to scatter onto those around you. This is not a chore list, ladies. This is not a bunch of do's and don'ts. You see, they just all work together. It's about just being surrendered to God living in genuine relationship with him, where we're in his word, where we're talking to him, regularly having two-way conversation, not just one-way conversations, where we're dying to our flesh and choosing his ways. And then when we do, seeing how much better his ways are, and then we end up choosing them more and more and more. You see... These are the things that God wants us to give attention to. And we can give all our attention to all the things on our to-do list. When we think of our responsibilities, usually these are not the things that we think about. Usually we think about the errands, the tasks, the making dinner, the homework, the this, the that, the, all the stuff. But you know what? Those things are just the avenues through which we get to put these other things to work. What God's really asking us to do, the things he's designed us to do, we get to put those things to work through everything on the to-do list, through everything on our schedule and our calendar for the day. It's not like these are additional things. Oh, great, kidding me? I have all these things on my to-do list and now I've got to do all that too? Oh my gosh, there's no way. You're right, because they're not to-do lists. Those things are how we carry out the to-do list, how we carry out the things in our daily schedules. All the things that we encounter throughout our day are what put us to the test and show what's really in us. And when they reveal something that might not be all that great, you know what? It's not time to beat ourselves up. That's not what God does. That's not his nature. That's the enemy's nature. It's not time to beat ourselves up. It's just time to recognize, oops, that's a little indicator to me that I need to give a little extra attention to that area. I need to work a little bit more on that area and make the decision to do it and just keep going forward. You see, when we live that kind of life where we really are willing to extend our hands to do the work set before us, the responsibilities, the things that God's designed us, wired us, created us to do, it produces amazing fruit in our lives. Our lives are full. Our hands are full. And we can scatter that fruit out to others around us. And that's the second part of that cycle that we're talking about. Ladies, there's incredible power in our hands. We need to set our hands to do the work he's laid out before us, and then we'll see those hands become full. What are they going to be full of? We might think of all kinds of things that maybe we feel like our lives are full of right now, some good, some bad. We're not too sure about that. But what does he want? our hands to be full of, our lives to be overflowing with. Strength. We've talked about a lot of these things as we've been going through this series. A lot of the things, that that definition of virtuous, what it really means, that's what he wants our life to be full of, to be full of his strength, where we're continually increasing in strength. To be that woman who is able and active, not lazy, Not stressed out, but going forward in God's supernatural strength. Not the one that's totally frazzled, pulling her hair out, overwhelmed, a chaotic mess, like coming through like a tornado. No, that's not the fruit he wants us to have in our lives. But to have that fruit of strength, that fruit that we are able and active in his strength to be a woman that's full of inner resources that are ready and available for use whenever, wherever needed, always willing to pour out. We will be women of great character, not women who are putting on a facade, well, I've got to look like I've got this perfect character, and uh, that's what I need people to think. No. You see, when we put our hands to do the things he's designed us to do, we will automatically have his character. It's his character that will be seen through us. We will be women who automatically add life and health to others around us because that's what's flooding through our lives, is his life. We will be women whose lives are effective and powerful, who really make a difference in our family's lives, in our friends, in those in need around us, Women who really, genuinely impact others around us. We will not be women who are wimpy. We will be strong and full of great courage and bravery. We'll be those women who are warlike, not with people, but with the enemy, annihilating his lies, not giving in to his ways or his temptations for a minute. And you know what, we'll be women who are connected, part of something so much bigger than ourselves. When we put our hand to do the things God designed us to do, part of that is being connected, and that bears great fruit in our lives. You know, ladies so often women have walls up towards others, and they're afraid to get close to others. Do you know, that is a ploy of the enemy because God designed us as relational. Part of this definition here, we saw, he wants us to be a force of people. He wants us to be an army, a great company on this earth, fulfilling his plans. A band of soldiers is said. That's his plan for us. So the enemy wants to isolate us and get us separated. In Proverbs 18:1, it says, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire, not God's, and rages against all sound judgment. He's created us to be connected, part of something so much bigger than ourselves, And so often, when women have had their walls up towards each other, and they don't want to get connected, and they're hesitant to do that, and then they finally figure, okay, I guess I need to be connected. Well, I'll just go start my own thing, and if anyone else wants to be connected, they can, but I'll be in charge. (laughs) We can spin anything we want. (laughs) But ladies, can I just tell you, the church is the heart of God on this earth. The church brings his hope to this world. He wants us to recognize we are the church. And whether it's this church or another one that you're part of, be planted in the house of God. You know, in Psalm 92, it says those who are planted in his house will flourish in the courts of their God. They'll be fresh and flourishing even into their old age. We want to have a flourishing life. We need to get connected. We need to bring our gifts, our talents into the house of God. Can you imagine how much more we can accomplish to reach people when we join forces together? And I think about us here at Chick Connection, how much more effective we can be when we band together a band of soldiers to reach the women of this valley and beyond. All of you have so much in you, gifts, talents, things that God's put in your heart. Let's join forces together to see God do amazing things, reaching women in this valley for him. There is great fruit that comes from being connected. It will just automatically flood out of our lives. Amazing things will happen when we just allow ourselves to be connected. There's so much other fruit that our hands will be full of. So many things that will be flooding out of our lives. When we put our hand to do the things he's asked us to do, our hands will be Full. We'll be women who recognize our worth. We'll know that we're too valuable to God and His plans on the earth to live any other way. We will be a picture of a healthy, thriving, flourishing life. Not someone who's trying to look like they are, but someone who genuinely is because of the fruit that's produced by this lifestyle. And it'll pour out of our lives and scatter into the lives of those around us. Ladies, that is the life God designed us to live. And I believe that is the life that every woman in this room wants to have and wants to live. But there is one really, really big obstacle that will stand in our way and try to prevent us from having this cycle happening in our lives. And that obstacle is us. We can be our own biggest obstacle, standing in our own way of having this life, of really walking this out and being the woman God designed us to be. You know, we make life a lot harder than it really needs to be, a lot harder than it is a lot harder than God ever meant for it to be. And the biggest reason that it becomes harder is because it becomes about us. And that was never God's intention. It was never his intention that it would be all about us. We exist for his cause, which is others. And we've got to recognize that and really grab a hold of that in our hearts. When our eyes are fixed on self, it prevents this cycle from happening. It's not possible for this cycle to happen when our eyes are fixed on ourselves, because it means that everything is about me, rather than about God and his plans. Our eyes can be on ourself in different ways. Our eyes can be on ourself when we battle with the fear of man. And I've been at the top of that list before. Many of you have heard me share that story. But when we battle with the fear of man, it's all about me. What will they think about me? What am I going to wear? What if my hair doesn't look right? What if they don't accept me? I have to get their approval. What if they don't like Me, what if I don't fit in? What if they let me down? What if they reject me? What if I don't look as good as her? What if I fail? What if I let others down? What if I can't make ends meet? What if I don't have all the answers? What if I don't know what to do? After what I've done, what will God think of me? What will others think of me? What if I'm not perfect? What if people see that I don't have it all together? What if they think I'm a bad Christian? All of these thoughts that can torment our minds if we're living in the fear of man, and it all becomes about me. When we live with the fear of man, we live with our peace in someone else's head because we're letting our peace be determined by what we think they're thinking about us in their head, which is very seldom ever true. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare. But whoever leans on, trusts in, and put his confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. Ladies, the fear of man will become a snare that will keep us bound up. And we are the only one who can make the decision to break break free from that and set God's cycle into motion in our lives. I know firsthand. I was bound by that snare for years, and I thought it was okay because I was just shy. That's the way I was wired. But then, when I realized that it meant that my eyes were fixed here, that I was being self centered, the light bulb went off for me, and I chose to break free from that. I didn't want to live that life. I didn't want to live with my eyes fixed right here. And as soon as I made that decision to break free from that, God is right there to help. He's given us the Holy Spirit as our helper. And immediately I recognized how much more enjoyable life can be, how much more fulfilling life can be, how much more free life can be. That's when we experience the life God designed us to live. Our eyes can be on ourselves when we're bound by the fear of man, but our eyes can also be on ourselves when we're just plain old, absorbed with ourself and our schedules and our busyness and our needs and our wants and our challenges and everything going on in our lives. We can get so glued onto those things. But you know what generally happens when we're fixed on those things in our lives? We're generally frustrated, disappointed, and lacking joy. Because that's not where it comes from. God designed us to live a much better life full of his strength and his fullness, and his joy, and his peace. We just have to choose to take our eyes off of ourselves in order to set that cycle in motion that infuses us with his strength, infuses us with fulfillment and joy. Our eyes can be on ourselves and are on ourselves when we don't see others around us. You know, it says in these verses in Proverbs 31 that we're looking at, that she extends her filled hand to the poor and needy. We can never extend our hand to someone else if we don't see them. And we won't see them if we're fixed on ourselves. It is so imperative that we live life in a way that we're not too busy, not too preoccupied, not self-absorbed to see the others around us, those who might be in need around us every day. Maybe some of us are the ones in need. Maybe you're sitting in this room today and you're like, feeling like, I'm in need. I wish someone would take their eyes off of themselves for a moment and see me. I'm in need. I'm hurting. You know what? God sees that need, but he is saying to every one of us, take your eyes off yourself and fix our eyes on him and on others, and just watch what will happen. Many of you have heard me share this story before about a woman at the Dream Center in Los Angeles, and it's amazing church with a huge outreach to homeless people, all kinds of ministries. But there was this woman that came in and she wanted to talk to the pastor and she was at her end. Everything in life had gone wrong. She was devastated. She was completely at the end of her rope. Didn't know if she could even go on another day. And she came to talk to the pastor and he said, they have several facilities there where they house and give, give housing to homeless people. And so he said to her, you see that building over there? He said, I want you to bake cookies and take them to the people in that building. And she really got upset. She said, no, that's not what I'm here for. I'm hurting. I'm in need. I'm at the end. I need help. He said, I know. I want you to go bake cookies for them and then come back. And we'll talk. She was pretty upset, but she laughed, and he didn't see her for a long time. I think a couple of months went by. And then one day he saw her at one of their church services. He said, where have you been? I thought you were going to come back and talk to me. She had a huge smile on her face. Oh, Pastor, I'm too busy baking cookies, she said. <laughs> She said, everything's better. I'm fine. I'm so happy. Circumstances didn't change in her life, but she was reaching out. She was giving out. Miraculous things will happen when we take our eyes off of ourselves and be willing to extend our hands to others. There is power in our hands that doesn't just affect others. It affects us and then allows us to affect others, and it feeds back into our life and becomes this miraculous cycle in our lives. We've just got to be willing to let that cycle begin. It is up to us. Ladies, we've got to be women who recognize the power in our own hands. Be willing to extend our hands to do the responsibilities that God's called us to do, the things he's designed us to do, and then extend those full hands to scatter out to others. It will bring such fulfillment, such joy, such strength in our lives. And then there may be the occasional day when you feel yourself a little discouraged, starting to feel a little weak, a little bit like your joy is lacking. You know what? I have found that on those days, if I do an honest evaluation of my heart, I will find, oops, my eyes have shifted a little bit back here. I let my Feelings take front seat. I let my wants take front seat. I let me take a front seat. And it's just that little indicator. Okay, whoop, time to give myself that little kick in the rear and shift the eyes back onto God and others and off of self. It is amazing, the joy, the strength that comes into our lives when we recognize it is not about me. It always starts by just coming to God. We can always get that cycle kicking into gear, into motion by just coming to him. And maybe for some this morning, you need to just come to him and say, God, I'm sorry. I've gotten my focus a little bit more on me than it should be. Maybe for some it's just coming to him and saying, Father, I've gotten a little lax in doing the things that you've designed me to do. I need to be more diligent about putting my hand to be the woman you've designed me to be. Maybe for some of you, you've gotten a little bit cold or indifferent in your heart. Maybe it's time to just come and say, God, I want to get back on track. I want your joy, your fulfillment that comes. I want to stop trying to do it all on my own. And maybe for some of you, it's saying, God, I just want to come and enter into a relationship with you. Maybe you've never had that. Today, you can just say, God, I want to start. I don't want to live life on my own. I want to start relationship with you. Whatever it might be for you, we're all going to pray together. Would you just close your eyes? Just bow your heads right there where you're at. And I want you to do something, wherever you're at, whatever you can do within your own life to kick God's cycle into gear a bit more in your life, just begin to talk to him about that from your own heart in your own words. And maybe you're here and you're saying, I just want to start a relationship with God, all you have to do is tell him. In your own words, from your heart, just ask him to be the Lord of your life. Just tell him that you're surrendering your life to him, choosing to live life in relationship with him. Father, I just pray for each and every woman in this place right now. God, you know where each one's at, what each one's had going on in her life. The busyness, the things that surround us. But Father, I pray that each one of us would just be diligent to be the women you've designed us to be. Put in our hands, to do the things you've called us to do, not getting so caught up in all the to-do lists and the, the busyness without realizing that those are just avenues for us to walk out your nature, your fullness on this earth, to let your light be seen on this earth, God. Father, help us to be the women that you have designed us to be, created us to be, Father. And God, I pray where eyes have gotten a little bit more on self than they need to be, Father, just simply show us and help us to be women who will be determined to make that shift, to take our eyes off of self and fix our eyes on you. And God, show us those around us that we can pour out your love and your goodness, your fullness to Father. Use us. God, use us mightily. Use each and every woman in this room in ways beyond what she ever dreamed possible. Encourage their hearts today, God. Strengthen each one today, God. And Father, I pray that as they go from this place willing to be used by you, willing to do the things you've designed them to, that God, they will see miraculous things happen in their lives. Father, I pray that each one will recognize more fully the power in their hands, God. In Jesus' name. And everyone said,
1: amen.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, ladies.